0: Awesome. All right, guys. So I have my good friend. So I've known I've known today's guest, Tom Robertson, for I don't even know, probably almost ten years. I've known him for a long time, and really, like, Tom's an amazing guy because he uh, he really came into my life at this time where I was getting involved with training for warriors, which is uh, who who Tom works for, and it was this time where I was starting a gym, and when you start a gym and you're a trainer you very quickly realize that you might be really good at training people and very motivated, very excited, but uh, if you build it, they don't necessarily come. You gotta actually get people in the door, and Tom was instrumental in actually helping to, to get people in. And so to give you guys some background, if you don't know Tom, uh, Tom is an amazing guy. He he trains for the joy of training. He's not an athlete at the time or anymore, uh, and he didn't put this in his notes, but I can still deadlift more than him. woo uh, <laughs> but he's not training for competition. He he's just loves training. He's motivated by his own improvement and really just strives every day to redefine his limits. And long story short, he's a gym addict, like you and I, like all of us. Uh, he's someone who just loves the gym. And he started coaching uh, in 2003, and, and he had gotten his degree in strength and conditioning and uh, was fortunate enough to work with pro athletes in rugby and soccer, uh, as well as high school and international athletes. So he had this very diverse, uh, group of training or, of, of people that he was training and he was learning so much. Uh, but after a little while, he actually started to create, uh, his own gym, his own brand. And so he created this gym in 2009, it was a strength and conditioning focused gym, uh, really being a specialist in that area. Uh, and managing a team of five trainers but fast forward a little bit uh he goes and he just like i did did the training for warriors certification uh in the uk he's from scotland and then all of a sudden just like i did he really said wow training for warriors is onto something i want to be a part of this quickly got his level two certification almost the exact same track as me except he did it way before i did uh and really connected with that that tfw mission and, and style and so uh Fast forward a little bit more, 2012, he closes his gym, transitions into online coaching with the aim of really building a social media following and creating digital products. And this is 2012. Like, talk about being ahead of your time. That's, that's bonkers to me. Uh, it's amazing. But then in 2013, he said, you know what? I'm actually going to start working with Martin. Uh, Martin needs some help with marketing and, and that sort of thing. And really from there, uh, the brand took off. I mean, that's when I found out about martin rooney i found out about tfw uh and since then he's he's launched six online courses which is quite a few uh and on the side this is not his full-time job but on the side he is geeking out about nutrition he just did the martin nutrition certification uh and he's built this instagram following i'm sure you've seen his memes that are so funny there are a little bit, I mean, you can tell he definitely has opinions on things and there's science, so if you get upset, that's your fault. Uh, you're getting educated and you're seeing some memes. Uh, and, and I love just the fact that like he's built this following um, to really be something where he's, he's a voice of reason, a voice of integrity, a voice of science, but he's delivering this very educational content in a way that's, uh, it's spicy. It's, it's you, know, you know what it's gonna be like when you talk to him on a podcast. Because you're like, yeah, that's Tom. Like when I first saw his memes, I was like, that is Tom. I know, yeah, he created that. He did not take that from anybody. It is him. <laughs> um, and so, Tom, thanks so much for joining me, dude. I I've been loving to watch your journey over these years. Um, but talk me through, talk me through the journey from your eyes, right? So I have I have the synopsis. I have what I've seen. I have my thoughts on it, right? Um, well, what's the journey been like for you?
1: Sure, man. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Stan, and uh... Belated happy birthday. I think is an order. Thanks, for buddy.
0: You. I appreciate. And, uh,
1: yeah, if anyone needs a translation for my accent at the end, they can uh, request that from you. If there's anything that they don't understand,
0: I'll get a transcription. As the for
1: first, you. Uh, the first, <laughs> I'm proud to be the first Scotsman on the show. So, yeah, that's quite a long. Uh, I guess I'm getting old, huh? That's quite a long uh, biography I've got going on there. But um, I think where where did you want to start around the transition point? Is what you kind of said.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk through. I mean, like, so you you started this gym. Like, how did that go? Like, I would assume well, it was going so well, right? Yeah,
1: it was going well. The, that, so to go a little bit back further, to that as part of the story, I was a freelance trainer in a health club, worked paying rent to be on the floor, um, and I I, was, I started that right after I did my my degree and my certification and became a personal trainer, just working freelance, paying rent, and I was very comfortable there. I took a number of years to build up my client uh, schedule and I got to the point where I was doing between 40 and 50 sessions a week and I was very comfortable. And to be honest, if things hadn't changed, I would probably still be there right now, to be honest. What happened was the gym, which was a large chain in the UK called Fitness First, they decided to close all of their gyms in Scotland. So we essentially had a staff meeting and they said this gym is closing in 30 days. So then that was my place of work, the basically shutting down in 30 days. So what we did was, well, that was kind of, so initially the, um, the goal was to retain my clients as much as possible. So I moved to a nearby hotel to keep working one-on-one with trainers. But what I didn't want to have happen was the same thing happen again, because I started looking at other positions to work as a freelance trainer. And I, the back of my head was like, well, what if I build up this entire business again, and then it gets taken away? So myself and a few other trainers formulated this plan to open our own gym. Um, When we started looking for facilities and looking into costs and stuff, it turned out it was really expensive to open a gym. So we went and started looking for business partners and investors. And eventually I went to two of my clients. One was a lawyer and one was an accountant. They were both clients of mine for a very long time and I guess they believed in me enough to... Help fund the process to open the gym, and 2009 we opened the gym, which was I think it was 22 months from when Fitness First closed to when I then opened my own facility. So it was pretty quick in terms of going from zero to gym opening, and it was a 100% learning on the on the job type thing in terms of everything from real estate law and commercial licensing and buying equipment and leasing equipment and setting up companies and Everything from zero to hero, basically, in 22 months. So, that, yeah, the gym opened in 2009, um, and then we were running that from 2009 all the way through to when we did eventually close in 2013. Um, And what had happened was I was a personal trainer who loved training, who then opened his own gym to train people. But I basically turned into a manager of a facility. So I had, as I said, I had five trainers working for me. I also had uh, about, between part-time staff and full-time staff, eight reception staff and other team members. And essentially, I just became someone that was managing a team and I was a glorified janitor a lot of the time. Um, I spent most of my days, you know, tracking down missed payments from members and cleaning bathrooms and I kind of fell out of love with that side of the business in terms of what i was doing so it was more so that when an opportunity the business was going relatively well the market started to change when we opened we were the lowest cost provider of gyms in the town and then all these uh 24 7 health clubs started opening remember that wave of like the planet fitness s gyms that were open 24 hours and charged 10 bucks an hour they didn't exist when i opened my gym Fast forward three years of being in business, there was like 10 of them in town. So already competition was getting a bit tough, but an opportunity came with someone that had offered us to take over the rent of our facility because they were looking to expand. And for me, it was just the perfect opportunity to move on to something else, which was what I kind of been wanting to do for a long time was to be remote, obviously having a gym, you're tied geographically to your place of work unless you build it to, obviously you can build your gym to a place where you no longer have to run it anymore and have other people run it for you but that was never my goal my goal was to either be in the gym working with people and then after a while that my goal changed to wanting to be able to transition to being working online and being able to travel and whatnot so that's when that transition came we took advantage of the opportunity that presented us to allow us to essentially close the gym and move on uh, and then I started that transition, two thousand, end of two thousand twelve, into two thousand thirteen, into working online.
0: That's crazy, and and that was such an early time to do that. Uh, what what made you want to do that? Like, what did you see other people that were finding success? Because in two thousand twelve,
1: there wasn't I, a lot. No. I don't remember it. Uh, there there was. There was a a, some people. There was not so much. There was some people doing it for sure. And online coaching was starting it. There was a bunch of people, big names in the industry you've probably heard of, that are still relatively big names now that were starting to transition from just being blogging content writers for that now starting to offer coaching online. But it was more what had happened with the gym is I had to learn about sales and marketing and online marketing to sell the gym. So then I kind of bumped into by accident all these people in the digital marketing space who were teaching online marketing and sales and product development and digital products and you know everything all that type of stuff and that kind of took my fancy and it became something I was very interested in so to go back even further in terms of my original why I became a personal trainer as well is. My original goal of becoming a personal trainer was I wanted to work on a cruise ship. I wanted to be (laughs) be a personal trainer. I wanted to work on a cruise ship so I could travel and do gym stuff and get paid. That was my goal. So I did my personal trainer qualification and then I applied to work on a cruise ship. I had the interview, went down for the interview, got offered the job. They said, there's just one thing missing. You need to do your exercise to music license. And I was like, wait, what? they're like you need to exercise the music license because as per contract all of our personal trainers also have to take three classes per day and i was like how do you mean classes like step classes aerobic classes that type of class i was like i'm out so <laughs> i no longer wish to work on a cruise ship i have to take zumba so i decided you, that was no longer. you just longer...
0: threw your spandex over the side and you said i'm out i was like no i don't <laughs> want
1: to do this i don't want to work on a cruise ship anymore but i was always a desire of mine to be able to work and travel so that's why I eventually, when the opportunity came to go into the online and start investigating. So I started, atten- when I, as part of my own education, I started attending, traveling from the UK to the US to attain, uh, attend digital marketing events and conferences to learn. For the gym, initially, I was trying to learn about how to sell gym memberships online, how to do lead generation locally to get people into the gym, all that type of stuff. But by being at these courses, you start hearing these stories about Here's a guy making millions of dollars selling dog toys. And here's a guy making millions of dollars selling an online course. And, here's a guy, and you're like, wow, this is intriguing. I could be doing all kinds of strange stuff with the internet. And that's where it kind, of, that's, it kind of led me down a rabbit hole of going to courses, going to events, taking online courses, my own kind of personal education, really. Um, so when that kind of came around, uh, that's... that's kind of where it started in 2013 and obviously the avenue for me was online coaching was to take these marketing skills to apply to online coaching so the uh, if you yeah, if you look at my instagram i have the tom robertson gym addict i've started that gym addict brand with a facebook page because there was no instagram back in 2012 so in 2012 my goal was to transition my business in terms of the gym into online coaching so as i was in the process of selling off parts of the gym and closing it down i was transitioning my personal training clients into online coaching at the same time i was making efforts to build a website grow a social media following on facebook um and this was all while back and forth to tie in the the training for warriors story um i did my level one and then i had the level two and i become started become friends with martin rooney and i was helping him now do live events in the uk in particular in in scotland so he'd come over to scotland for a live event and a couple times a year and then at one time he came over and it was like um he he said to me i see all this online stuff you're doing i see all this stuff you're doing online with social media and and everything and he basically said how would you like to just come and do that for training for warriors and that was his kind of pitch and for me the one of the biggest problems i've I initially always had was I didn't like being the face or the content creator of my own brand I didn't want to be the expert I just like doing the marketing so when Martin made the offer to essentially be the face of the brand the content creator the expert and he said you can then do whatever you want in terms of the marketing you tell me what to do to create and then you turn it into products it was the perfect fit because I, I really just wanted to spend my time doing the marketing, the lead generation, the sales, the building all the products, the project management for the courses, the customer service for the courses. And the perfect fit was him as he didn't want to do any of that. He just wanted to be the content creator and the, and the face of the company and, and the face of the videos and the face of everything. So for us, it was like, it was, a, it was a perfect time for both of us. He was looking to transition training for us into online. I was looking for an opportunity to solely work online without creating my own content. So we kind of just aligned with a, the same kind of mission at the same time. So And that was 2013. And it's so... I'm not, I'm not good at math. so' that? Seven years? Seven years I've yeah. been doing it. Yeah. And then as you mentioned at the start, we've, uh, we've built an online course and launched an online course every year for the last seven years so it's it's actually seven in total because we launched one course and then later we built it as a separate offering so yeah that's what we've been doing the last seven years
0: that's amazing man i mean and and that's probably right around when i met you is i think you had just started with him and it was really i mean it was like the, i went to the first summit summit so yeah, whenever that was that was 2013 yeah that was right when you started And i remember like you presented and it was like oh this is all really good and it was the nice thing is was all very much so evergreen. Like it wasn't like I I, I kind of shy away from learning about Facebook ads because it feels like every time that I learn something about Facebook ads, I have to remove it from my brain because it changes, right? Like you were giving out like yeah. like repurposing content, like all of these things where you're like, oh, this is actually really good. Um and then talk to me about your personal brand though, because very separate from TFW is Tom Robertson, Jim Attic, and that's the spicy meme guy. Uh, yeah, so
1: the, the <laughs> memes and stuff—the memes and stuff has only been more recently, and I just I wanted a creative outlet for something, and I like stand-up comedy, and I like jokes, so, and I like offensive comedians. So that combination of nutrition science, Scottish guy that likes comedy, boom, it turns into memes. So that's kind of where that <laughs> came from in terms of that. I just I just like to I just like to create that stuff, uh, and it was a couple years ago, um, and I credit. Spencer Nadolsky, Dr. Nadolsky, if you follow him on, on Instagram he's the meme lord he's the the overlord of memes he kind of showed he taught me his process for the simple way he was using Canva to make memes and and then cuz i i'd seen the incredible growth that people like himself and Jordan Sia had had with creating infographics and memes and whatnot and and i was always curious as to how and Spencer kind of outlined his process in a video he posted online and uh, I just kind of took the process and then ran with it and then nobody and that I guess that was maybe a couple years ago I've been doing maybe two or three years now I've just kind of gradually got better at it in terms of the creative process in terms of transitioning into videos and stuff and being a little bit edgier with the the content and yeah as you said having my own opinion about Certain products and brands being satanic and evil, and, <laughs> and <then laughs> certain ideas and myths being needed to be. But part of that with the why it's nutrition and why I'm anti certain brands is because when I was, when I remember being like a 20, 22, 23 year old guy, being going into the supplement store and having a big meathead guy in, in the store selling me pre workout, intra workout, post workout creatine, you need a testosterone booster, you need a fat burner you need this uh, appetite suppressant, you need whey, whey protein, you need casein protein, you need to take all of it. So I was like, cool, that's like 300 bucks a month. Now I got no money for food. But I guess you told me, you're the expert. So over years, I wasted so much money on supplements, I just feel like every time I see an advert for BCA, a piece of my like, I feel money being drained from my wallet and I feel my soul being crushed. So I just feel I need to like speak up against the atrocities of these companies. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's sort of like every good fitness professional starts, right? It's like everybody has built like a really good brand. And like I've talked to so many people on the podcast who are like, oh, yeah, I, you know, if they're a coach for physique athletes, they're like, yeah, I just had a bad coach. And then I was like, I don't want anybody to go through this. I'm going to try to fix it. And it's like the same thing for you where it's like I spent $300 per month on protein. Dude, I did the same thing. Like I was taking so much creatine, my kidneys almost shut down. Uh, I was probably spending... of like my money when I was 16, I basically, any money that I made went directly towards buying creatine and like Syntha6 from uh, BSN, which is delicious. (laughs) I love, their protein is delicious. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it definitely did not pay, pay dividends. It was mostly a waste of money. Creatine, totally fine. Uh, taking triple the amount of creatine you're supposed to take when you're 16? Yeah,
1: that's not, not right. idea.
0: And never load, like, it was just a permanent loading phase, basically. <laughs> I would read it and be like, ah, they're wrong. This label on the bottle is incorrect. Uh, my friend told me that I should take this. He was also taking steroids. So, you know, I was 16, and the guy that was taking steroids and was bigger than me told me to take something, and I was like, yeah, great. It's not steroids. I'm in. Uh, and so there I was. And, and, but, like, so for for you, like, Talk to me about how you've been able to, to take your knowledge and skills. I mean, I, I remember, dude, like I'll see you at, you know, posting pictures from like Funnel Hacker Live or like from all of these events uh, for digital marketing and like my heart goes pitter-patter and I get like a little, I get a little bit of like jealousy, but at the exact same time, I'm excited for you uh, because you go to these like amazing events. You learn from some of the best, literally the best in the world and have for a long time. Uh how do you how do you put this knowledge and skill skill set that you're learning and have learned over the last 10 years just about like how do you put that into practice for tfw and also how do you do it for yourself because it's like you do it in two very different ways but have found success Mm -hmm. with both like tfw since 2013 is like they dominate now right like they crush it uh and so it's working right like whatever you're doing is working but like how do you how do you take those skills and apply it? Because that's the one thing I've had trouble with is I'll do the courses, I'll, I'll learn all this stuff. And then I'm like, almost, almost like you where I go and I hear all of these success stories, the hardest part for me is I then automatically in my brain go, there's so many things that I could do. Where do I
1: start? Right. That's exactly what I was going to say is going to the events is awesome experience in terms of, you know, you're learning from people that are doing the most efficient and stuff in terms of marketing or most currently uh, or the newest evidence-based stuff or the newest everything in terms of technology. And it can be extremely overwhelming, um, especially like I have no tech background. I, I, I never studied web development or marketing or anything like that. So yeah, it certainly can be overwhelming, especially when you, you're you at the event and you're taking all kinds of notes and stuff and you leave and you've just got this book of notes and you're like, there's like 8 million things here. I think the most important, like initially, yeah, I would just leave and be like, Oh, crap like i have all the shit to do and i don't know where to start so then it was a case of just pick one and then let's go trial and error essentially like pick one try and implement and see if it works so for a lot of the things even even though technology always that, what you mentioned about facebook ads is very true in terms of with all social media platforms they're always continuing to change and you can never really rely on a platform a single sole platform as, as like a, a marketing strategy. Because if it changes and they decide, well, we don't want to show your content to anyone anymore unless you pay, then you're kind of stuck. So since day one, I'd say with Training for Warriors, our primary focus and strategy has been to use social media as a tool to grow a following in the present, but to take people off of those platforms onto, uh, onto an email list that we own and control. So even though people say, you know, email marketing is dead or now whatever, it's still the majority of all of our revenue and all of our sales come directly from email. So I'd probably even hazard a guess without looking at our numbers and stats, probably close to 80 plus, if not 90% of our revenue is directly from email. Um, That's if once, obviously we have a huge following on Facebook and then Martin has his own Instagram and we do extensive amount of Facebook ads. But the entire goal of all of that is to find a way to move people from the social media platforms onto our own email list to then continually build the relationship through free content and then eventually make offers towards the product. So from day one, email has always been been our goal And, and then having everything, moving people from social media onto our own web properties as well. So there's the main training for warriors hub itself, but then each of our own, each of the, the online courses we have, we've also built separate websites and hubs for each of those as well. So yeah, having a, a, a really big social media, social media following is great if you can utilize it and find a way to move them from social media off of social media onto to your own platform that you control or into your own world. So e- email's probably still, I'd say, as I said, the most effective tool for that. Um, and then in terms of everything else, yeah, there's always new stuff that kind of comes and goes. And it's just a case of, all right, this person presented this entire thing on Messenger bot. So let's try it out. So we try it out. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, try and implement the next thing. So that was kind of always a strategy was try and fail and, and then try something else until you find something that sticks. Also what works for one person won't necessarily work for you. I think that's very important to understand just because one person stands up there and says this method is the best method you should do. Everyone should be doing it very much like in nutrition and training world mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's going to work for you and your business and whatever your goals are with your business. So there's there's all kinds of different strategies and tactics for growing an online business and all, all kinds of different Avenue. So it's just a case of finding something that you want to try and might align with what you want to do and something you enjoy doing and trying it out. And then if it sticks, run with it. And then try something else. That's kind of the kind of my see if see if it breaks. And if it doesn't break, great philosophy.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that's that's great. But like the the big thing too is have you read uh Traffic Secrets yet by uh by Russell Brunson? I mean Mm -hmm. you you just hit the whole the whole like real focus to me in traffic secrets is like find out where the, your ideal clients are uh, like speak to them and then pull them into your world. And the best way to do that is not through social media because the Instagram algorithm very well could change tomorrow. They, they could find out like, like for me, I refuse to create a business account because I realized that like once you go business, it's really hard. i I, I was a business for a while and then I turned it off and like they'll, they'll be like, Oh yeah, You'll pay for ads. Uh, perfect. So now we're not gonna show your posts as much. And like Instagram engagement jumps when you do it, drops when you don't, right? And and obviously if you are gonna run ads, sometimes you, you have to have it, right? And so it's a it's a risk you have to take. And I'm sure there are strategies outside of it. But like you said, the big thing is like create that email list so that, you know, from there what you can do is really speak to them. You don't have to worry about whether or not Instagram changes their algorithm or Facebook you know, yeah. changed their algorithm or SEO changes. Remember? Like, I mean, I think uh, Russell talks about how SEO search engine you know, optimization was the big thing. That was it. And then Google was like, Nope, not anymore. It's going to be a lot harder to rank. It's going to be harder to get found. And you know uh, being able to show up for certain AdWords and uh, stuff like that, it all changes so rapidly and you don't know what the rules of the game are. Right. They never tell you, Hey, by the way, Facebook ad doesn't really want you to run a, an ad to woofoo anymore. You actually have to spend money and find out that it didn't work as well as it did earlier, which is what happened sure. to me. Um, and so I think the cool thing is like when you own the email list, it does not matter. You have them, you can send them whenever you want and you're perfect. Right? Like that's, that's a big, a big thing that people forget. It's like, remove the platforms, remove all of the variables you can't control. And you can control the email list, and
1: focus there. 100%. The other thing with social media is there's so much noise as well. Nobody goes on social media, well, other than me, because I'm weird. Nobody goes on social media to specifically look at ads. Nobody goes on, if your ads is is people being interrupted their cat videos and memes, nobody goes on there to be like, oh, great, here's an ad from someone trying to sell me a fat loss product. So you're already interrupting them anyway. So the whole goal with social media is to kind of take them away from this place where there's so much distraction to then have a conversation with them in private. And then, but to go back to your point on, on ads, the the kind of two-tier method that we've used a lot, again, with having your own website properties and having your own email list, if, if people come to your website and come to join your email list, they've kind of made that first step to say, to put their hand up to say i'm interested in your content and what you've got to say so that data can then be used to then run retargeting ads and to specifically make your ads more effective rather than just showing your ad to everyone you assume is interested if you run your ads specifically to the people who have already made the effort to say they are somewhat interested it can make your ad spend significantly more efficient rather than just showing just kind of blindsiding everyone with your ad if people coming to your email list you can create an audience based on the people on your your email list and create audiences based on people that have visited your website to then say essentially what you're saying is hey you said you're interested in this stuff how about some more free stuff or people that have joined your email list for free content you can then retarget them and say hey you joined their email list to learn about x y and z well here's a full course on x y and z or here's something related to x y and z you might also enjoy so that kind of circular approach rather than just like cold traffic everyone the first move is to get them to make that first kind of little commitment to say yeah i'm interested in what you've got to say that way you can make your kind of ad spend a lot more effective as well
0: i like that a lot uh and that's that's so smart i mean i think like it it just it allows you to actually like make your dollar go farther uh because you know most people if they are going to run a facebook ad it's it's done literally they're like okay this is like you know, I only really can spend as much like you're just getting started. You don't have a ton to throw at those, at those ads. So how do you use that, that what all of the stuff that you've learned, how do you use it for your personal brand? Because that's your, I think the, the link in your Instagram bio is the TFW um, like a landing page for that. Yeah, right? So, yeah, typically.
1: So uh, in the moment, typically it's a, it's a landing page for a free video course, which teaches people about the TFW product. So it's the same thing. Uh, it's a landing page that opt in to get the free courses, 19 videos in total, which is like a whole bunch of sample content from all of our courses. So it's more of like an educational response to be like, this is everything we're, we're offered here, learn about it for free. If you're interested, great. So I put that link in in the bio there. Whereas my following, I'd say, I'd say there's a lot of trainers and coaches who might be interested in TSW products for sure in terms of their all my following. I just... The reason I have a link there is because, as you said, I've like almost by accident kind of grown a following of people. So I to to utilize it, I put the to the TFW link there to whatever we currently have promoted in my link because I don't have anything else to personally sell anyone, right? So other than I could be like because yeah, this is the other thing as well. I bought like the domain for Dramatic in like 2012 and. I've successfully managed to not do anything with it for like eight years, so I don't have anything. I don't have anything to sell myself. So what? what it's, that's kind of what's different with my own page and my own brand is that I am just it's very it is a very personal brand, and it's just I post whatever I like and whatever I want without any kind of direction because it's I have nothing to sell anyone. And then I mean, in a bunch of times, people will DM me and be like, "Hey, do you do online coaching or do you do this or?" And I'm like, no, I don't anymore. So, I mean, I, at some point, I'll probably decide to maybe go back into online coaching when I have more time or if I decide there's another avenue I want to take up or if I decide I want to like uh, create a product or something. In, in the moment, yeah, it's just I, I promote the TFW because it's obviously beneficial to me in the long run. The better yeah. TFW is the better I, do, so I might yeah. well put some. I might as well put something in my in my bio link if I'm getting visitors to my page, so um, but with my page, in terms of as I, did, I mentioned there, I post whatever I want about whatever I want. Um, it's very I'd say my content's far more polarizing than anything I would ever post in the TFW brand. So any content I ever create for TFW, we have certain, you know we have certain guidelines in terms of what the company stands for, what the company's principles are. What everything that the, the company's aligned to. And a lot of that, some people could look and say, well, it doesn't quite fall 100% in line with the the company. But as I said, it's my personal brand and it is what it is. So I would never post any, I, for the most part, I would never post any of my content on the main TFW brand because there's a bit of a, a, a difference in terms of messaging. <laughs> Shall we? Yeah,
0: I, I feel like when I uh, when I first met Martin, I didn't think he's Scottish. He likes offensive comedy and, uh, posting about his, uh, his recent learnings in nutrition as memes on the internet. Uh, so yeah, I mean like that, and that makes perfect sense, right? Like, and I think that's, that's a a struggle that I think a lot of people have. And even myself where it's like, okay, you know, I maybe work for a company or whatever, and I have my own voice and, and the brand has its own voice. They're aligned probably on the the fundamentals of like why we're doing it the way that we Correct. do that is slightly different and i think uh i mean kudos kudos to tfw and, and martin for being like yeah dude like have your voice that's a good thing and you know once again like you said it's there's a lot of coaches and trainers that follow you and so it's it's almost good for them to say all right like uh if he trusts this brand then i, I should too right um and and so talk about the I like could, yeah i think if
1: Good, good. Well, what I was going to say was, um, yeah, if for for anyone that is trying, that doesn't have, like, that doesn't work for a company that is trying to build a personal brand, I think it is important to actually speak in your own voice. If you try to copy someone else or you try to be the same as someone else, like I said, I took a lot of direction from other people in terms of creating similar content, but I do it in a very specific way myself. I don't just take other people's content and just post it as my own. Um, So, having your own voice is very, is, is important because what will happen is regardless of what you believe in, I mean, we can always argue about what's correct or not correct or scientifically accurate. It's kind of irrelevant because whatever you believe in, if you post about what you believe in and what you stand behind, then you will attract other people that believe that. And that's your ideal audience. And then obviously you're going to repel people that think the opposite, but those people are never going to be your customers anyway. So, it's very important to you know post what you believe in and post in your own voice and and say what what you want to say because all it will do is 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 attract people that think the same and i I've certainly noticed that in terms of most of the content that I post the the people that share it are other people that are posting kind of similar stuff on their own pages, so it 's almost like you 've attracted people that believe the same, so you kind of build your own network of people. Who all post similar stuff? Who then all share similar stuff? And then when you have that little network of of people that are all on the same path and believe the same thing, then everyone shares each other's content, and then that's how you grow.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's huge. And like, and and that's one of the struggles that I think a lot of people have is trying to do one of two things: either be everything to everyone. And I, I think like when you post, like you you are speaking in a very like gen pop way right like there are people where you know maybe they they specifically work with bodybuilders powerlifters a a specific like very act like actually sports specific thing um where yeah they should have content that's focused on that or i I think people because like your stuff anybody could read it they would understand it they would get it um and so it's gen pop could understand it for the for the most part right or uh somebody like myself who has really done done a lot of researching and nutrition and stuff like that can see it and think it's maybe even funnier. Um, But I think the other side that I see a lot of is people where, and this is, I like talk, I've talked about this a few times. This is my biggest pet peeve is like when there's like the 40 year old guy or 25 year old, let's actually, let's make it worse. The 20 year old kid. And he's like, I help busy stay at home moms lose 20 pounds without cutting out carbs. And you're like, cool. You will never be a stay at home mom. Like you do not understand what it's like to be them. You can't speak to them. I'm sorry. You can run a million focus groups. You do not know what it is like to be a stay-at-home mom. You do not know what it's like to look and be like, I made you. You lived inside of me for nine months. And now I am around you all the time. You will never ever know that. You could ask them a million questions, right? But I think people forget like the the hardest part is having your own voice and having things that you stand for. But from there, like almost letting that create the group, create the ideal client, create that person that you want by just simply speaking the truth, your truth, right? That will find the ideal people for you. And they might never, ever fit into that demographic that you thought you might put that stuff out. And yeah, it's the stay at home moms sick. Congratulations. You might put that stuff out and it is not, it is a a person who is, you know, a former fitness professional that got into sales and is now, uh, just trying to stay in shape because they're, experiencing a new a new lifestyle right like you might be amazed by the people that follow you right uh and i think that's huge like how how did you find that voice did you did you ever try things and then realize you know what i'm just gonna be myself or were you like i'm scottish i like offensive comedy i'm doing it i'm going for for sure. Put myself out there
1: my (laughs) instagram started the same as like everyone's instagram started used to be pictures of food and it used to be like travel photos when I was on vacation. And then now and again, I would share like some fitness stuff. Like that. that's how it started. Like if I scroll all the way back, it's like, oh, look, I'm on vacation and I'm eating sushi. That's basically what my Instagram was. And then uh, when I kind of started, you, you know, you start, you might make a post that does really well. And you're like, because on something that's more specific about content, then it gets shared a bunch. And you're like, huh. So what's interesting was when I look at that, I'm like, when, even now, like if I post a selfie or I post anything about my own training or videos of me deadlifting or whatever, nobody shares that stuff. There's no reason to because that's that's me, like me creating content about me. Nobody cares about me. People care about themselves. So when you start creating content for other people to help other people to solve specific problems or to make them laugh or... Something like that. They be, now it becomes shareable content. If you keep posting pictures of yourself and about you and your stuff and everything's about you, then that's not. That's a very internal way of of trying to grow grow a page. It's not. It's a very personal way. But then when I transition to all right, let me write some content that might help someone, you started getting shared more. So that's when I kind of started transitioning my own personal page into an information page about fitness and stuff. So I started it with about, you know, I'd write tips on deadlifting and strength training and building muscle initially. And that started to grow my page, but it's not until I transitioned kind of more into the nutrition world because nutrition is so polarizing and stuff started to get shared more and more and more. Uh, And in terms of what you said kind of earlier about speaking to someone, yeah, I kind of do have an avatar in terms of like a specific person I'm talking to in that they're the the personal training clients I used to have. So when I was a personal trainer, the same questions always came up came up over and over again about, and it's all the basic stuff in terms of should I eat carbs? Should I eat carbs before I train? Should I eat after six o'clock at night? What about intermittent fasting? Hey, I'm going to try keto. How much protein do I need to take? Is protein going to kill my kidneys? What about caffeine? How much caffeine take should I, should it? It's just the same stuff over and over again. So when I started thinking about the questions my clients asked me when I was training them and then just turned that into content it now became useful content for more people than just me now other people would be hey this is interesting content is useful now you start to see your content starts to get shared more so now when i'm creating content i yeah, i either think about the ex the clients i used to train or more specifically I have three younger brothers and they ask me all the same stupid questions. So whenever they're like, hey, man, I'm getting fat. And I'm like, well, how much booze are you drinking over the weekend? They're like, a lot. I'm like, well, there you go. (laughs) Maybe don't (laughs) drink so much booze over the weekend. They're like, all right, thanks. So that's kind of my process now is I create kind of content to be like, what what questions are my brothers who have zero background in fitness going to ask, which I can help them with? And then in terms of level of offensiveness, I think, how far can I push it before my mom gets mad? If if I can post something and my parents don't like, be like Tom, you should take that down. Then I, I that's kind of the the line I can get to. So in terms of offensiveness, well, I did well, I did once do like a a a, a nude selfie with my ass out, which, which <laughs> not pretty, which was kind of frowned upon by a few people. So that's kind of shared it. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saved it. So, I have a yeah. screenshot if anybody wants it. It's the background on my phone. Uh, (laughs) and (laughs) i mean dude you deadlift a lot it's fine um and and then (laughs) and then like talk to me though like so one of the things that i think you you have become an expert in is the repurposing of content both personally you do a great job with uh taking those questions that people ask uh but also like with sharing you know spencer's post or you know somebody's post that Kind of fits well with your brand. Maybe you share it to your story, share, share it to your post. And then, even more so with like Martin Rooney and TFW, like the way that you you guys are, are repurposing content. Like, I would, I mean, no joke, I'm pretty sure this is accurate. And tell me if I'm wrong. But I remember like going to perform better and in Boston, seeing Martin present. And then, like, a couple of days later, getting an email. And I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure he like told that story very recently right like there's there's this like level of like consistency with the content where it's pretty much all the like it there's a lot of like similarities maybe there are like a post that turns into a video that turns into an email or a presentation that he gives it turns into part of a course you know it was it was very cool to see like there's so much repurposing that's very subtle to this not like you know like i mean I've seen stuff where like I read somebody's book and then I read a blog and I'm like, oh, that's a chapter. I could actually just read your, your blog and you're just going to drip me the content from your entire book. So like I'm just going to read the blog, right? Um, and so you, like, you guys did a great job launching his book, launching all this stuff. There's like all these repurposed content. That's amazing. And then you use it almost similarly on a lower scale with repurposing. You know, Somebody else posts something and you're like, this is funny. I'm going to share this, right? Like, how do, you, how do you think about content repurposing? Because that's something where people really don't do it and there's so much stuff that they have that they could easily repurpose that they don't. Um, so talk, talk to me yeah. about that.
1: Sure. Okay. So I'll, there's quite a lot to break down on this. So let me start with everything we do at Training for Warriors. So first of all, when people come to think about creating content, they can become very overwhelmed with the process. Um, so what we do at training for warriors or martin is the content creator essentially he will write essentially uh, a very long email if you're if you're on the training for warriors email list our emails are long like sometimes a thousand plus two thousand long words or stories he writes these really long emails that go out we try aim for once a week at least we used to do three times a week consistently. It depends on how Martin's schedule is for writing. But he'll write these very long, well thought out, story-based emails. The email is already now the framework to be extended even more to become a blog post. So the same email will become a blog post. That blog post will then be broken down into chunks to be multiple uh, social media posts that we use across Facebook, across um, Instagram. We even used to post direct to LinkedIn articles so now that one post can become there's little chunks or quotes or sections from that post that can be broken down into two or three or four mini social media posts the the blog and the email also now becomes the framework for the podcast so the training for wars podcast were over 100 episodes and a lot of them are Martin telling the story but then on the podcast he can go into the minutiae of the detail and you can hear his enthusiasm and you can get the feel for the story a lot more, but he already has a framework written out in terms of that original piece of content. And then in terms of the content, yeah, as you said, it's a lot of the content is also then used to then be fleshed out even more to become full presentations. So Martin's obviously a keynote speaker for Perform Better and a number of other places. So these ideas, these these single pieces of content become the idea which expands upon to become a keynote presentation. The keynote presentation, if it's on a specific topic, can then be, can then be built upon even more to become an entire weekend course, which is what coaching greatness became. It was a piece of content Martin had written about and he'd done presentations for it, Perform Better about coaching, and then as we got more and more questions about coaching and his process of coaching, it turned into a complete weekend course, a full, full one-day course. The course, a live, as a live event, it was very successful. Then people were like, I can't make it to a course. Is this online? So then we hired our video crew, went to an online, to one of our live events. We filmed the course. The course, we then broke it down into modules. It now became an online course. We've done that twice now, Coaching Greatness 1 and Coaching Greatness 2. So as you can see, it's all, all starting to stem from one piece of content, which can be used in multiple mediums. Because again, some people like to read. Some people prefer to listen to podcasts. Some people prefer to see video content. So it's just the case of once you have like one piece of content and a core idea, is to think, how can you turn this into multiple mediums in terms of, even, even if you're just taking the exact script and reading it out, now it's a podcast. Even if you take the exact script, Script and speak the video and put it on YouTube. Now you have the video content So even if you take the exact script copy and paste it onto Facebook now, you've got a Facebook post So this process helps us create a lot of content across many mediums rather than having to create Multiple pieces of separate content. It all kind of comes from that same place now in terms of that's essentially the structure of how we run the, the everything content wise at the training for warriors um, there on my own page, the themes replicate. So there's not that many things I talk about. It's all the same basic themes. It's, you know, you need a calorie deficit for fat loss. You should high protein. These are the benefits of a high protein diet. Um, these are the fad diets you should avoid restrictive diet and all this stuff. So it's kind of the same themes over and over again. What I do with my page is then I change the presentation, whether it's and like a infographic type science-based image, or it's a, a meme-based image, or it's a meme-based video. Many times, once I've, so, so for me, the, the most work is writing a caption. So before I used to just make the image and post it without a caption, and i get a bunch of questions about, or well, not so much question, i get a bunch of people calling me out, being like, yeah, you can't say that, there's no evidence for that. So then what happened over time is my captions started getting longer and longer and longer, and I'd spend more time writing the caption and providing citations on an Instagram post, which is ridiculous to say out loud. But yeah, I'm, I'm making memes and I'm writing an, uh, a caption to explain the whatever it is I'm talking about, high protein diets, and then I'm, I'm putting citations in the comments or whatever. So now I'm starting to max out my characters on Instagram and I'm writing these long captions, and I'll have either a, an image meme or an infographic type post or a video meme, and then what I've done many many times is just repost the caption with a different image or meme. Very simple way to repurpose your own content. I've spent all this time writing this, this caption, which explains everything very well, and I'm super proud of it, but I know no one ever reads it, and this is a big thing people need to take on the head, is just because you're putting content out there doesn't mean anyone's seeing it. So especially, as I said before, about how busy social media is and how fast the timeline goes, and you know, you post something today, within a couple hours, it's gone from the feed. So reposting your own content in slightly different formats is a very easy way to to consistently have the same message but then also create more content for the same piece of information and then yeah to go back to the point you said about resharing yes you can get to the point where you know you either run out of ideas you don't have the energy or you just can't be bothered creating something that day so what i'll do is just exactly align myself with these other people in the industry who are saying the same things I'm saying, and I'll just directly reshare their content. This is also a very good way for networking in terms of building your network and meeting people in- across social media. Because then what happens is if you actually leave your house and leave your computer and you go to these live events, obviously not right now in the current pandemic, pues. stay at home, wash your hands, after all this pandemia uh, sorts itself out, the, the biggest thing I did in terms of building my own personal network and my own personal connections was going to live events, it was going to these marketing events, it was going to fitness events, even if, you know, it's not so much for the content itself, as it's for the people that are in the room. So that's to go all the way back is how I initially met Martin in the first place. The first time before there was even a level one certification, the training for warriors course was a two day speed and strength training seminar. And he was doing one in London and I went to the course in London and I took the two day seminar and that was the first time I met Martin. And then that course had been um, then essentially remolded into the original training for one uh, level one certification, which, so this was like, oh, man, this is like June, 2011 or something in London was when I first met Martin. And then I saw he then, after that event, I saw he posted he was doing the first ever training for wars level one certification outside of the US in Rome in October that year. I went to October again. I went to I went to the event. Hung out with Martin. We we started to build like more than just a connection. We started to build like a friendship. And then, as I said, I then hosted events. So that's how we started was actually meeting in person. So a lot of people will teach you about building an online network and building connections. And how to do email introductions and slide into people's dms and reshare people's nothing will ever replace face-to-face content contact in my opinion until you actually go out meet someone have tackles in a beer and talk about random shit not related to fitness that's the number one thing you could do to build your network a hundred percent no that's how i met everyone i've ever met in the industry absolutely man and and i
0: think like and I'm sure it also helps. Like if you go and you meet Spencer, right? Spencer Nadolsky. And
1: you've, you've already shared a bunch of you've shit.
0: already shared his stuff. You've maybe talked a few times in the comments. Like you already have exactly. like a, an associate an level, right? Exactly. And then it, it's easy to break the ice. You're like, oh dude, you're Spencer. Correct. I'm one of I'm Tom Robertson, the gym addict. Oh, sick. You know, like that's that's amazing. Uh I, I love that. And then uh, you know, I think that's one thing that I've seen you do very well is use your network and build this network where, you know, I'm seeing Spencer repost your memes, which because he is the meme God, right? Yeah. That's got to be very uh, reassuring for you. You're like, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> but, but I think what's cool is you do it in a way where uh, it's very organic, right? Like, I don't think I would assume you guys don't have like an Instagram chat and you're like, Hey, bro, uh, posting in 54321, share it, homie. Make sure you comment. Or, you know, I don't, I don't think I ever see you like tag a bunch of people in these posts. Like, or I might be taking offense if you do say you tag people in every post and I'm not tagged. It's cool. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to post funny. a meme today and you're not in it, homie.
1: <laughs> no, it's, you're, you're 100% right. There's no, um, we don't have an agreement or like any type of like, hey, you share my shit, I'll share your shit type thing. It's, um, uh, it's just organic. Like, I, if I see a post of uh, Spencer I like, I'll share it. If he sees a post of mine, he shares it. It's the same with, with anyone else. But it's funny you said about the uh, Instagram chat. I, did, I was a member of one of those things once, and it was a disaster because what happens is you have all these different people that are sharing completely different information and basically – like everyone was just it was all conflicting so it would be like this person sharing your content and it aligns with nothing else on their page and then in that case there is some some kind of reciprocal expectation like oh i shared like your stuff when i commented on your stuff so i expect you to do the same to mine and it got to the point where like people were posting so much crap i was like i can't comment on this without saying something negative <laughs> so I was like, this is this is stupid
0: um, i mean arguments in the comment section are good for engagement. So, you know, Massive, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's amazing. And then, and then I think what's cool too, is like the way that, uh, you know, you've, you've done a really good job with like TFW and, uh, you know, being able to create these, uh, these promotions and stuff like that. I know you guys are doing like the Memorial Day weekend, uh, right. sale. Like there's a lot of strategic, growth, um, whether there are things that people are going to be sending to their friends, or there are things where it's like you've almost I, I like this quote from Russell brunson He brought he I don't know if he got it from somebody else or how how he got it, but it's like the concept of digging the well before you're thirsty, like like TFW is this amazing group of coaches. They're in, really indoctrinated in the philosophy of coaching and like just the importance of a coach. And that was really what drew me to the brand. And all of a sudden the people who are TFW affiliates or who have been affiliated with the brand, like for me, I'm still a huge, uh, like fan of TFW. I'm not affiliated with them anymore, but like they changed my life. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that they think about coaching resonates with me at like a human, human level, like super deep. Like it is the core of my being is a lot of what TFW believes in. And so I think it's, it's cool because like you come out with a promotion or you come out with something and it's like, the people who are in it, and the people who are who believe in what TFW believes in, and want to see the world that TFW is trying to create, or even you know even for yourself, like it happens with your content, like the people who want to see the same world that you're trying to create or promote uh, are the ones that will share it, and they will be your very best uh, advocates and salespeople. And you don't do that by tagging them in a post or asking them to reshare it. You do it by like telling them a story and creating a world that they want to live in too. And they're going to tell their friends, I want to live in this world. You should join me. Right. Like, uh, like talk to me about how you guys have used that because I think the, the, the community and, uh, trying to be the best way to say it, but like, uh, the culture that you've created at TFW especially is like, probably I would assume the biggest driver of getting an email on the email list is like, all right, all my friends are excited about this. I gotta find out what it is right
1: yeah 100 percent. culture is the word that we use at Trainer for warriors so like martin has this bit where he talks about when people call us a cult and they'd be like yeah we're a culture that's that's the difference is when you align everyone with the same kind of vision or if everyone has the same ideas then th- there's a great book i think now i forget the name of it i think it's called raving fans and it talks about meeting mm-hmm. a thousand true fans. If you, if you can build a business and a following of a thousand people that believe in what you say essentially and will be advocates for your business, then you can kind of essentially grow a business as big as you want it. Because if you, it's kind of what we've seen with the Train of Wars Network is that as it's grown over time, we have people that will buy anything we bring out, any new course that comes out, and they will share anything we do with all of their followers immediately because they're bought into the the vision of the company and the ethics of the company and and what the company stands for or in other words kind of the voice of the company so yeah certainly that comes back to um being true to to yourself and knowing what you stand for and 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 creating whatever content or message that aligns with that um because as i said before that's going to attract the people that believe the same thing and and they become the the biggest advocates for anything you want to say or do or sell
0: i love that man uh and how have you used that for uh for the memorial day stuff because i know so, so like, that's the, been really the, cool
1: yeah so the memorial we're running at the moment a memorial day contest and it's uh, the, the strategy behind of it is is lead generation so we're running a contest to give away um so martin's new book coach the coach came out on uh, audiobook uh, so we're giving away five copies of the, the audiobook plus lifetime access to Culture Greatness 1, Culture Greatness 2, and Presenting Greatness. So it's like almost $2,000 in value. So what we do on the front end is we run a contest to give away these prizes. Um, and we so it's free to enter. You enter. And then what happens is the viral nature of the contest is when you share the contest on Facebook, when you follow it tfw and martin on instagram when you share the your contest link on to your whatsapp friends or into facebook messenger you get more entries into the contest so that the not only are people entering the contest to win for themselves but then by sharing it more they then have more entries and more chances to win the contest the more people that share it and then we get more entries into the contest so as a lead generation tool it's, it's very great way to build a very specific set of of emails of people that want to win the products we have or are at least interested in the products we have because I'm not going to enter a contest to win any Herbalife products. I have zero interest in taking (laughs) Herbalife products. But if people enter a contest, yeah, you make the assumption they're interested in consuming the products that they can win. So we run the contest until Monday, June the 1st, and then from June the 1st, we will then pick the winners uh and then essentially the the what we call is i mean the uh the backside of the the promotion is to then open our memorial day sale which is now a week past memorial day so it's like the start of summer sale or june promotion which will be specifically for those products so now there's some continuity between the offer we've made for the, for the contest to get the email, and then it's directly related to the offer we make as a sale. So rather than being like, here, win this prize XYZ, why don't you buy ABC, where there's no continuity, we're saying, look at these prizes to win, we're gonna give away XYZ. Oh, you didn't win, no worries, here's a discount or special promotion on XYZ. And That's essentially the, what we're running at the moment with that sale. So yeah so it's it's again it's to have to go back to what i said about the strategy of marketing our goal is with this is to use social media as a tool to to get people to enter the contest um uh, for something they're they're interested in winning and if they don't win we're going to say, if you're still interested in this product here's a very tasty discount for you
0: that's amazing what what's the discount if, if i can ask i don't know if, if it's is, ready to go out
1: it is yeah it's it's pretty big it's so it's there's four different products. So there's coaching greatness one, coaching greatness two, which both sell uh, at three hundred ninety five normally, and it's a, they're both over fifty percent on sale. Uh, and then the presenting greatness, which normally retails at nine ninety five, which is Martin's full course on being a speaker and a presenter and doing public speaking. Uh, that's normally nine ninety five, and I think we're doing sixty percent off on that. So.
0: That's crazy, man. What yeah. do you say? I'm taking notes right now because I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, uh, for coaching greatness, it was 50% off or 80% off? Uh,
1: th- those, those are 50 something percent off,
0: yeah. 50%, dude. I mean, the crazy thing is like when I did my level one, I think it was at least $500. Uh, and so that is, is definitely is, a good deal. So both
1: <laughs> the coaching greatness one will be less than $200, coaching dude, greatness two will be less than
0: $200. So basically, you can do the Level one and level two of coaching greatness for how? I mean, when? I paid a total well, of a thousand dollars probably for both.
1: <laughs> well, this is coaching greatness, not yeah. certification.
0: But still, I mean, honestly, like that's the stuff that you learn that like really has biggest impact, in, in my opinion. Like, Absolutely, the systems of TFW are great for coaching, but like even after I I stopped, uh, you know, being a TFW affiliate and started working on my own regardless of the the populations that I was working with, whether it was gen pop, whether it was, you know, older people or, you know, you're still with coach. injury rehabs. I'm still coaching. Like it, that's, yeah, that's the one, exactly. like the most important thing is like you pull from anything that you TF- have, TFW does is like the ability to, I think in your brain, uh, think about coaching in a way that gets you excited because not always easy. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're burnt out, but you think about how important your job is and it, and it gets Absolutely. you excited. Uh, but also like, the way that you communicate, the way that you show up, the way that you are are there for people is, I mean, it's amazing, right? It's like, it's a whole mindset shift. It's a whole uh, way that you coach shift. And that as business is great because you keep clients longer, get better results, so on and so forth, because you're actually coaching them in the way that uh, people want to be coached. So it's, I mean, it's amazing. That's, that's such a good deal. Um, I'm very, I'm very surprised that you're doing that big of a discount.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's twofold really because um, one um, we normally run like two promotions per year. So this is one of them is usually summertime and the other one is usually around the Black Friday. They're kind of the only two times we do any sales on any products. Um, but also this, and normally, yeah, it would normally probably not be that steep in terms of a discount. Uh, but given current climate, we still wanted to run a promotion, but um, we wanted to make it a little bit, better than normal given people who might be in certain situations financially but they're still looking to invest in education so that's kind of the reason we came to with the uh, the price is to make it a little bit better than normal essentially because things are a little bit worse than normal
0: i i love that man and the beautiful thing is too like it's a digital course and so like it's not like you have to be like oh we got to cover the price of flying martin out there putting him in a hotel the venue Correct, like yeah. you can literally say all right like this is it. And it's far more profitable than running in person. You don't have to try to fill up a bunch of seats and hope that you break even at least, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's amazing, man. Um, so I always like to, to kind of end with one question. It's very hard. Sure. Uh, and I'll I apologize great. ahead of time. Um, so what's, what's the biggest surprise for you after having done this for TFW, having done this for yourself, having gone to all of these courses and, and built this network of some of the best in the world at what they do where do you kind of see that as as something where you've built this network and and you've learned all this stuff and you've worked with some of the best in the world and done so much what was something that you maybe thought in the beginning or thought recently or whenever it was that just totally was different than you expected right like you thought a and it was it was z like it was Totally new, totally different. What was the biggest surprise? Because you've learned so much. I'm sure there are quite a few.
1: (laughs) There is a bunch. I think it's more, um, well, personally, when I kind of started on my own journey to move online, my initial perception and idea of how things were going to go were that I was going to be a content creator that created digital products and I was... uh, an online coach. That was my my kind of vision almost. And then what I realized was I was far better at helping other coaches and leaders and experts amplify their voice. Like so not that I don't consider myself a bad coach or I wouldn't go back to coaching or anything, but I found I I think the biggest surprise is I just I prefer being behind the scenes in terms of the um management and the the back end of uh, of everything rather than um, being necessarily the um the face of production and i found that in ter- especially in terms of the tfw network because obviously when you were involved you would have known that i was kind of the point guy when people asked about marketing and social media and stuff and i always found more comfortable being that guy who people would come to for that information to ask them about problem solving things in their business um, rather than being the person to create specifically content to be sold, if that makes sense. So that, that was kind of the biggest, well, I guess it's more self realization or self awareness that my skill set was far different than I thought it was going to be initially.
0: And I think like the, the big thing too is. Uh that's also an important lesson because I think there's a lot of pressure on people to be, if you want to make it in the fitness industry, it is your face. It is your personality. Like this is it. But like the reality is like you found success by, by finding something that plays to your strengths and your weaknesses, right? That plays to what you really want out of it. And as a result, you've helped countless people. Like, I mean, you've helped, you've helped me by, by even working with TFW, you've helped me, more than I think either of us will ever be able to grasp. Right. And uh, just by creating the informational stuff and like this podcast, like you've created so much stuff, even by being a little bit more behind the scenes that like, it it doesn't reduce your impact when you're the person that's not the face, because sometimes if you can help, like you said, if you can help amplify somebody's voice, that's going to help countless people. And, and even more so than you could do on your own, or they could do on their own, because one person really is like, the face they're doing the podcast they're doing the presentations they're traveling a bunch and then the other person is able to really put their skills into like getting that voice out there and and i think it's amazing mm-hmm. you have a great team but also uh just your ability to to find that within yourself is is important you know and uh well, it's, 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 it's kind of
1: funny because it's what you mentioned about like my own personal instagram and brand being very separate from training force the number of times i get like Messages and DMs from people who are like, what do you actually do? (laughs) Because especially like with the amount of travel I used to do obviously we've been shut down now for quarantine, but from 2013 until the start of quarantine I didn't spend longer than three months in one place So this is the longest since the quarantine is the longest I've spent in one place without traveling so I would normally be on a plane every month and, that's crazy. And, and I, I'd highlight that all the time on, on social media. I'd be like, airport yeah. check in, coffee at the, here's my coffee on my plane, taking my passport full yeah. like, without fail. And people would be like, what do you do? Like, so, so I managed to almost separate my personal brand enough that it was like, like, people really didn't have a clue I was even related to Training for Warriors. So
0: that's so funny. I mean, dude, you've, I mean, you've built such a great brand in so many different ways on TFW and personally. Like, I mean, this is... I learned so much. I took, I actually hit four pages. I hit a PR today of like a little bit less than four pages with Austin current. And today right. I just hit, I just hit four. So uh, I hit a PR for notes in two in one day. It's pretty exciting. And this is your dissertation. This is beautiful.
1: Um, awesome. And any, any final
0: thoughts and then how can people get in touch with you?
1: Uh, well, yeah, obviously I'm more active on Instagram than anywhere else at the moment so at uh, tjm so this is another thing well. So i have to clarify this publicly my name is tom robertson the tjm because i had to post about this recently because everyone thought my name was tim even though it clearly says tom robertson in my profile <laughs> people are like in the messages hey tim how you doing great post tim i was like no it's a j it's my name is officially on my birth certificate my name is Thomas John Mercer Robertson, hence the T.J.M. <laughs> Robertson. I like it. So just Look you fancy off with off. Two, two middle names. I got two, yeah, exactly. I'm one of those, those fancy British kids with two middle names.
0: You're so, like Ricky Bobby, but British. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're not first, you're last. So. <laughs> I want to go fast. Um, and then, uh, so I Instagram, and then, uh, yeah, that, that's the best spot?
1: Yeah, I'm on Instagram if you... Um, want to come and share my memes or, or make or laugh at uh herbal is the best place to come <laughs> that's exactly why i'm there that's why we're uh, yeah I, I, I don't know if i've got a, a final thought um off the top of my head i'm kind of <laughs> back to you on that but,
0: <laughs> i love it man well thank you so much for joining me i i love talking to you and uh I, I learned so much this is amazing